7 Run. Today we are continuing the series, It's Your Call. We're in a season of life to where we feel disempowered and, and many options are taken away from us. And, and while that's true in this broken world, there is a God. And there is a God who speaks. And there is a God who speaks good things to life. And there is a good, a good God who speaks good things to each one of us. And because God speaks, we have choices. We have options that we didn't have before he spoke. And all of these things are the call of God. Today, what I want you to do is to make the call of God the working center of your life so that everything you do and everything that you think or say all comes from, from the call of God and from your trust in God's voice and his promise in Scripture and the life of Christ. Anything less is, is a trip to nothingness. Want to know how to find real purpose in life? It's your call. Want to know how to find your identity, who you really are? It's in your call. Want to be able to find real significance in life and and to know the value and worth of your being. It's your call. You want to be able to rise above the ashes and to discover who you really are beneath all of the broken and what is the promise and potential of your life. It's in your call. Rise up and live your calling. Hear the call of God in your life and then choose by faith, not by feeling or circumstance, choose by faith to make the call of God the working center of your life. And I'm going to begin this message like I'm going to begin all of them with one simple truth that if you'll hear it in faith will absolutely revolutionize your life. And that is this, that the call of God is on your life. Man, when I was just struggling with the claims of Christ, I, I knew that I'm just a divine nobody. I'm, I'm, I'm nothing special. No one knows who I am. No one pays attention except God. And to come to slowly realize that the call of God is on my life, that, that God has put forethought and, and love into action and that there's intentionality and intelligence behind a plan for my living, that there is not merely benefit for me, but, but blessing for others, that there is eternal increase and, and grace and growth in, in listening to the call of God, the word of God, the promise of God, in obeying by choice the person of Jesus Christ, my life could be forever different. That was revolutionary for me. And I want you to hear me say that the call of God is on your life. Not was, but is. Right now in the circumstances of your life, where you are in the midst of what might seem hopeless or might feel helpless to you, God has spoken. And he's speaking still on every page of scripture and in the life of Christ itself. The call of God is on your life, just like Abram, whom he said, go from your country, from your people, from your father's household to a land that I will show you, telling us that from the beginning, the call of God is, 
is from eternity. It's not from time. It's not, it's not rational. It's not something we can discern or figure out. It's something we have to listen to and, and believe from scripture. And, and then we have to act on it in ways that, that are faith-based and trust. We, we're not going to know the land that he's going to show us until we walk with him and he shows us. And the call of God in Abraham is the call of God for you. The call of God's on your life just like Moses. And so here's God who, who in, in Exodus chapter 3, verses 2 uh, following says, The angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire within a burning bush. The paradox of God revealing himself in extraordinary ways, in a in an very ordinary way, just through a regular bush, this worthless tumbleweed, when God touched becomes a God a God-tinged revelation. And, and so in your life right now, you may think, well, I don't have any burning bushes. No, 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 you do. Because God is using ordinary things in your life to get your attention so that you will move to him. And that's what, that's what Moses did. Moses saw the bush and that it was on fire and it did not burn up. So Moses thought, logical thought, I'm gonna go over and see why this bush doesn't burn up, this strange sight. Verse four of Exodus chapter three, of your call. It says, when the Lord saw that he'd gone over to look, when, when Moses gave him just a little bit of attention, God called to him from within the bush. And God is calling to you from within strange circumstances, things you don't understand. Um, God, in a thousand different ways, is, is calling to you from within circumstances. And just like Moses, he knows your name. Moses, Moses, and God got his attention and Moses answered. We're going to come back to this in a little bit, but just like Moses, the call of God is, is divine. And, and in verse 8, God is saying uh, you know, to all of you know, the, the future freedom of the Israelites, I have seen your suffering and I have seen your, your misery. So now I'm going to come down and I'm going to rescue you. How does God do that? Verse 10 says, so now go, I'm sending you. We're going to come back to the, that part of the call of God, the sending part. Just like Samuel in, in 1 Samuel 3, 4, when the Lord called him, Samuel, Samuel, and he answered, here I am. Just like David in 1 Samuel 16, 6, uh, when they're, they're searching for the, the king, a new king, and the scripture says that when they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed is right here. This guy's the obvious choice. He's strong. He's good looking. He's got to be the anointed of God. And then the Lord said in 1 Samuel 16, 7, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And then in verse 12, the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. And just like David, God often uh, moves past the ones that you would obviously think are, are, you know, the better ones, the more obvious choices, and God uses the least likely people to change the world. And just like David, call of God is on your life. Just like Jesus, whom God called to, to go and to be the sacrifice for sins for all of time and all of eternity. And in John 20, 21, Jesus said, peace be with you, 
As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. God called me to go, and now I'm calling you to do the same. The call of God is on your life just like the apostles. In Matthew 4.19, Jesus said, Come and follow me, uh, and, and I will send you out to fish for people. And at once they left their nets and they followed him. And in that, that one scene is this amazing you know, decision of, of God to, to call the unqualified and to bring them into his divine purpose, to repurpose their life. And, and it's this beautiful portrait of, of humanity saying, Yes! I want a new purpose. Yes, I want to live your love. Yes, my life is yours. I'm not claiming it for my own any longer. And just like Peter in Acts chapter 9, uh, verse 3 and, and following, as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and he heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? To which Saul replied, Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. We are called just like Peter. Now, some of you are saying, well, if I had, you know, a, a light, a, a bolt of lightning from heaven, then I would, I'd follow Jesus too. Well, you have. And the truth is you've been knocked off your horse a number of times. You just haven't gotten up and listened to the voice of Jesus. You just, you just haven't looked at your circumstances and said, God, who are you? What are you saying to me? And you didn't obey when, when Jesus said go. So you have had those experiences. And in a thousand ways, uh, through, through your life and through your pain and through your joys and through the ways you're loved and the ways you're not loved, through the great circumstances of your life, through the not so great circumstances of your life, the call of God has been echoing from eternity and it's your call whether or not you'll answer it. I want to say to you, secondly, that we rise or fall in answer to our call. That's just the truth. In your life, there is, it's like there's this, this you know, war going on inside between light and dark, good and evil, heaven and hell, up and down, gravity and and transcendence. It's all going on in, in your heart and, and, in your, and in your life. And the truth is, in spite of your best intentions and in spite of all of, of the things that, that you think that you can do, there's this gravity pulling down on you called sin that will never allow you to, to, to reach out of the atmosphere of this polluted air um, on, on planet Earth. But when we answer our call, there's something transcendent that, that is ignited inside of us. The, the very presence of God comes to live inside of us. The very Son of God comes to live inside of us. And, and we have a new working center in our lives. And it's no longer us and our ego or our pain and our woundedness. It's no longer what I think and my arrogance, my anger. I, I have a new center inside of me. And it is the very Son of God who illuminates my darkness, forgives my sin, inspires my, my, my fear and my depression, who, who calls me up and out and, and out onto the waves to walk on water with him. What happens in your life does not depend on what happens in your life. What happens with your life depends on what happens inside of you in response to the call of God on your life. Do you believe it or do you not believe it? Do you answer it or do you ignore it? 
Do you sideline the call of God and then continue to micromanage your own life into, into hell and oblivion? Or do you hear the call of God in Christ, rise up and answer it boldly day by day, allowing Jesus Christ to be the working center and Lord of your life so that, so that every day you're, you're looking to answer your call to fulfill your purpose, to say yes to, to the adventure of God's love morning by morning. We rise or fall not based on circumstance, but upon the inner heart answer to our call. Do we say yes, God, or do we say no? Do we, do we rise up inspired or do we turn away from God in anger and, and discouragement? Are we arrogant or are we humble? We rise or fall in time and eternity in direct proportion to our willingness to make the call of God resounding from, from, from heaven day by day to make that call the working center of our life. It corrects us, it rebukes us, it guides us, it inspires us, it, it gives us new dreams, uh, it empowers us, it, it is everything. Have you answered the call of God on your life? And lastly, I just want to share with you that, that God's call is is to life-changing salvation and world-changing service. Now, I want to say that again because I want you to understand very clearly what in its foundational elements the call of God on your life is. So, as plainly as I know how, hear me say it again. The call of God is to life-changing salvation. I mean, I mean, we're not we're not talking some false plastic Pretend, you know, uh, instant, you know, I was uh, horrible and today I'm perfect. That's, that's just so plastic and garbage and, and Hollywood is not even funny. No, no, no. We're, we're talking about something so much more deep and eternal, but, but real and transformative and, and maturing um, and, and, and growth oriented. The call of God is to this life-changing salvation and into this world-changing service. Let me talk about the life-changing salvation part. In John chapter 3, verse 3, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, a, a religious leader who spent his whole life in the, the first covenant, the, the, the scriptures of the Old Testament. And he was intrigued by Jesus. And, and so he met with him when, when other Pharisees are, are trying to, to trip Jesus up and, and are offended by him. And he compliments Jesus, and Jesus responds to his compliment with, with this statement. Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. And so... Here's what I want you to hear about the call of God on your life. You can't ease your way into it. You can't educate your way into it. You, you can't manage your way into the call of God. You must be born again. 
You have to have this life-changing personal encounter with Jesus so that there is a, a will exchange, a heart transplant. You give your will to him. He, he replaces your old, dying, dead, and broken will with his new will, the will of God. Your old and dying heart, diseased as it is, is replaced by the very heart of God himself. And, and there's this transformation that begins. Again, it's not inauthentic and plastic. It's, it's full of choices and full of life and adventure. It is, it is full of love and discovery. It is full of joy and experience. It is, it is being born again. It is the wonder of holding a newborn child in your arms. And, and not only holding that child, that's the father's privilege, the mother's privilege, but, but it is the experience of being that child again of getting a new chance to, to start life over, of, of being helpless and, and innocent again, of being well-loved perfectly by your heavenly Father, never dropped, uh, never abandoned, never ignored, of beginning a new experience of life on earth as the Father's daughter, as the Father's son. And in this new journey of being born again, uh, of, of, of giving your will up to God, you can begin to see the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven as worth more than the kingdom of this world. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like a, a, a merchant searching for pearls who, who found one of great price and sold everything he had to buy the one that mattered. And that's, that's the extent of the, the fierce faith that it calls for to be a true Christian. In America, we, we say, you know, well, I'm an American, I, I'm a Christian. Well, that, that is so much garbage. That is the lie of hell on your life. You are not a Christian because your parents were. You're not a Christian because you went to church. You're not a Christian because you got dunked in water. You are a follower of Christ when you choose to follow Jesus. When you choose to be born again. When you choose to give up your life and your will for the sake of the life of Christ and the will of God. When you become dependent in life, as dependent as, as a, a, a baby boy or a, a baby girl, and you live your life in trusting the Father's arms, and you begin to grow and discover and laugh and learn, and, and you, you go through life by faith knowing that, that you're always in the Father's eye and, and his love and his voice and his whisper. And, and you, you begin to, to relearn life. And so, so to, be, to be answering the call of God in life-changing salvation is mean, means that you relearn life. You let go of cynical, self-serving, loveless life and, and you embrace Christ-centered, overflowing love for other people that, that transforms you and, and spills out into the, the joy of helping them discover the call of God on their life as well. Do you get it? Do you understand it? You're not a believer until you believe in a whole life way. You're not saved until you're willing to admit that you're lost. You're, you're not a Christ follower until every day of your life, nothing is more important to you than following Christ and, and, and letting him lead you on this, this journey through the world. Life-changing salvation begins with realizing that we're sinful and eternally separated from God. And we realize that, that you know, the, the illusion of being good enough is just that it's illusion. Good enough isn't. 
How good do I have to be to go to heaven? Perfect. And unless you are perfect, then you are sinful. And a single sin is enough to separate us from God forever. Now, it is not popular in this day and age to, to believe in hell I- anymore. But, but let me just tell you that our, our God is not a God who, quote, sends people to hell. Our God is a God who honors choices. Our God is a God who, who gives choices and then honors the, the, the free will to reject the offer that he's made. The call of God is on your life. And the call of God is this life-changing call to salvation and this world-changing call to service. And, and, and you're free to reject that. So what is hell? Hell is you getting what you want, life apart from God. Hell is you getting what you want, um, you being in control of your own, your own life and destiny. In Romans 6.23, the scripture says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Um, Romans 3.23 and 24 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely through his grace, um, through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. And so there are these these twin realities presented in scripture of of our sinfulness and our brokenness that, that is impossible to self-heal, and then this graceful offer of God to do the work of the healing, the forgiving, the saving. We have to take him up on the offer. And when we do, it is a whole life um, exchange. It is trading my sin for his holiness. It is is me depending on Christ and, and stop depending upon myself. It is trusting that my salvation depends upon the work of Jesus Christ on the cross alone and not my own goodness, only on the goodness of Christ. It's this radical dependence on Jesus and nothing less. Acts 4.12 says, salvation is found in no one else. The name of Jesus. Jesus. Have you ever called on the name of Jesus? Just say his name. Say his name and watch life change. In your hopelessness, in your despair, in your brokenness, at your dead end, you speak the name of Jesus, call on the name of Jesus, and he will come to you, and he will save you, and he will become your guide, your redeemer, your forgiver, your your light in, in a dark world. There's no other name given to mankind by which we must be saved. And if you are not saved, if you are not born again, then you have not answered the call of God because the call of God is to life-changing salvation. Pastor Drew, how can I be born again? How can I be saved? Call on the name of Jesus in a whole life, wholehearted way and follow him in believer's baptism. Make your public profession of faith to the world to say, I have given my life unembarrassed to Jesus Christ and and I am now dead to my old way of self-guided living and I have been raised to walk in a new way of Christ-guided, spirit-led life and I am not ashamed to tell the world this truth. My life is new, my life is different. And if you will simply pray and ask Jesus Christ Uh, to come into your heart, if you will simply pray and commit your life to him, confessing your sins and receiving the gift of salvation, you will be born again and your life will forever change.
God's call, when we experience life-changing salvation, then it overflows into world-changing service. These are not popular messages in, in modern Western Christianity. We want a faith and a church um, you know, that, that requires nothing from us. Um, we want safety um, and, and, and we, we want to be religious without, without being different. It's, that's a lie. When you answer the call of God to salvation, you are answering the call of God to service because saved people served people. They selflessly reveal the love of the Father through the life of the Son and the power of the Spirit. In John chapter 13, verses 1 through 17, the last night of his life, Jesus, after all he'd done through, through his life, after all the beautiful ways that he loved and the people that he'd healed and all the thousands of ways he'd revealed the, the, the kingdom of heaven come to a, a lightless and lost world, after all the ways that Jesus worked to, to call us into his love, he took off his robe and knelt down and he washed the disciples' feet to show them the meaning of the difference. And then Jesus said this to them in John chapter 13, verse 14. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. And I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. What if Jesus really meant what he said? What if a part of what God is doing through COVID is seeking to, re um, to reinvent the church in an activist kind of way? What if God is done with the sit and watch model of Christianity? What if God wants every one of his people to hear their call in not a peripheral way to life, but as the, as the working center of their life and their personal salvation is so transformative that it overflows into a mission of living to serve Jesus Christ and his cause and his purpose so that other people might know that Jesus died for them, that he wants to save them. That's real Christianity. Everything less is a lie. Everything else is a, de a deception from hell. You were saved to serve. And the call of God is on your life. You have a noble purpose to fulfill. You have a grander story to live than the sad little story of me, me, me. The call of God is on your life and the gifting of God is inside of you to rise up and do something in this world to change it. Every life is a world and every life changed is, is the beginning of a world change. You are called to do something in this world to reveal Jesus, to help other people know that he is the real life of God. They should see Jesus Christ in you. They should, they should feel your acceptance um, in, in, and see his love for them through you. They should, in your selfless actions, they should, they should sense something of eternity in you, something different. This is not normal. No, it's supernatural. God of the universe has chosen to do his work through you. I want to take you back again to, to Exodus chapter 3 because this, this, is, this is the foundational call of everything. This is the way God works. If you want to understand God and, and, and the purpose of your life in time, this is it. God comes down to see his people enslaved. And, and that's what everyone is to sin. Everyone is a slave to sin, to, to a false no God that will only imprison them in deeper darkness forever. 
And God comes down and sees his people in Egypt and says, I have seen your suffering. I have heard your cries. So I have come to save. And then two verses later, in Exodus chapter 3, verse 10, God says this. I have come to save. Now go, I'm sending you. That's the plan of God for for this COVID world. That's the vision of God for the church at Seven Run uh, through the rest of 2020 and into 21. Is that every believer rises up and says yes to the call of God on their life. And it is, it is a fiercely transformative salvation that they experience. And then, and then overflowing out of that, there is committed world-changing service. I believe Jesus really meant what he said. In Matthew chapter 25, verses 40, Jesus said this, The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Whether they were a different color, a different race, from a different place, a different city, whether they were from a different country, it was me you saw in the need around you. And you weren't overwhelmed because you were overflowing with my love. And then he will say to those on the left, this is normal Western church. This is sit your butt and do nothing. This is, this is I'm lying to myself that I'm okay because I got a, a little bit of Jesus knowledge, but I, I, I haven't answered my call in a, in a, in a way that has, that has transformed my walk with him. This is what he's describing. Depart from me, those of you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, you didn't invite me in. I needed clothes, you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did nothing. You didn't look after me. And they will also answer, Lord, when do we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick and in prison and did not help you? And the king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. And then he will tell them, go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. God's call on your life and mine is to life-changing salvation and world-changing service. Will you answer your call? It's your choice. It's your opportunity. It's your invitation. It's the higher destiny that you're longing for more than anything else. But will you answer your call? 